I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Baseball is a sport that brings out the best in people. But sometimes fans can behave really badly. In this episode, we reveal even more stories of some of the worst behaved baseball fans and the memorable actions they took. Today, on Rounders, A History of Baseball in America. Hey, baseball fans, and welcome to the show. I am continuing my series today on bad behavior by baseball fans. We released our first episode about this topic way back in February 2019. It's still one of the show's most popular episodes to date. So if you'd like to go back and hear that episode, just take a look in the show notes or the description for the link. Now, last time we looked at some pretty disgusting things that fans have done at baseball games in the past, but this time we're looking at some moments that are even worse. So buckle up. And let's take a look at some of the worst fan moments ever in professional baseball. For our first story, we are traveling back to 2021 at Yankee Stadium. The date is July 17. This was when a Yankee fan hit a Red Sox outfielder with a thrown baseball. It was the sixth inning of a game between the Sox and the Yankees. It was raining and New York was up to bat. All of a sudden, the attention shifted to Red Sox left fielder Alex Verdugo. He had been struck in the lower back by a baseball thrown from the stands. The ball came from somewhere up in the upper deck section of the outfield. Red Sox fans immediately began pointing out who the culprit might be, and security quickly showed up to escort the individual out of the park. Verdugo, who was not happy with the fan for throwing that baseball at him, kept pointing into the stands and yelling, F you, dog, over and over again. He also inserted some other colorful names, which we can't repeat on this show. There were other Yankee fans that started egging Verdugo on for getting so upset about the incident, and this made him even more mad. Now, who ended up throwing the baseball at Verdugo? Well, it turned out to be a teenager who was quickly handed off to the cops and removed from the stadium. Now, at this time, by the time all this had finished occurring, the fans were riled up, Verdugo was riled up, and even including Red Sox manager Alex Cora was riled up and concerned about continuing the game. So he approached the umpires and had a very heated conversation about how they should call the game early because of the infinite, uh, the incident. Excuse me. It was already raining at that point during the game, so the umpires decided to decline Alex Cora's request because they wanted to get in as much of the game as possible before the rain got worse. So the game continued. Shortly after the game, the Yankees released a statement saying that the fan who had thrown the baseball at Verdugo Verdugo, had been banned for life. 
The announcement stated that, quote, while the Yankees appreciate the spirit and passion of our fans in our various rivalries, especially with the Red Sox, reckless, disorderly, and dangerous behavior that puts the safety of the players, field staff, or fellow fans in jeopardy will not be tolerated, end quote. There was a separate statement that was also issued that said, quote, the safety of everyone at Yankee Stadium, including guests in the stands and players on the field, will always be the top priority for the Yankees organization every time we open our doors, end quote. Now, the other 29 MLB teams also announced that they would adopt a similar approach if the same action were to happen again in their ballpark. So we had a step taken by all teams which really said we're not going to tolerate this kind of behavior, this direct um, interference in the game, and also direct contact with the players on the field. Now, why did this teenager decide to throw the ball at Verdugo? I mean, it's simple enough to say he was a fan behaving badly, right? But in the coming days, some people came forward in the teenager's defense and said that he wasn't intending to hit Verdugo when he threw that ball onto the field. He was just throwing back a warm-up ball that Verdugo had tossed into the stands before the inning began, and Verdugo apparently was trying to throw that ball to a Red Sox fan. Ended up with a, a teenager who was also a Yankees fan. So he had this ball. He decided to throw it back onto the field for whatever reason. Uh, there were other fans that came out and said that everyone in the area was cheering for this Yankees fan to, quote, throw it back, throw it back, throw it back, which this teenager did, but he hit Verdugo in the process. On top of that, there was a fan who claimed to be sitting right near the teenager. He wrote an email to a local reporter to further explain the situation from his perspective about what occurred. So in this message, the individual stated that, quote, I was sitting right near that Yankee fan who threw the ball and he didn't throw it at Verdugo purposely. I can tell you that as a fact. Verdugo tried to throw the ball to a Red Sox fan after middle innings warm-up, and he missed, and a Yankee fan caught it. He was excited to catch the ball and did not want to give it up until everybody started cheering, throw it back. You could clearly see he was torn, but finally buckled to the pressure by the Yankee fans saying, throw it back repeatedly at him. By this time, the game had resumed, and he just threw it. I honestly don't think he meant to hit Verdugo. It was just bad luck, honestly. You could clearly see he felt horrible after he did it because he had a look of fear and sorrow after he did it. I don't condone acts of violence or trying to hurt someone purposely, but this poor guy is not getting a fair shake of what happened. Just wanted to let you know what really happened from a fan sitting right in front of him, not some fans showing video from behind home plate, end quote. Now, from my perspective too if you watch the video the fan does look incredibly nervous as security is coming to pick him up obviously because you think about the fallout that occurred once that ball hit Verdugo there's more information that came out and the Red Sox excuse me not the Red Sox the Yankees and the MLB decided to review some of this information but in the end they decided to uphold this lifetime suspension against the fan so what's the moral of the story here probably don't throw baseballs back on the field keep them. If you don't want them, you can email them to me. I would be happy to take them. I'll make sure to, as I go through these, just as a note, I'll be posting links in the show notes in the descriptions. That way you can go and see some of the media that occurred for yourself. If you want to see these things as they happened, 
Uh, we're doing more modern uh, incidents in today's episode, so you certainly have the benefit of being able to see some highlight tape of this. So let's move on to our second incident. Since we went to Yankee Stadium to talk about something that happened between a Yankees fan and a Red Sox player, I think it's only fair that we go to Fenway Park and do an incident that involved Red Sox fans. So let's travel to May 1st, 2017 to good old Fenway Park. We had 34 Red Sox spectators kicked out of a game due to heckling and other incidents that we will discuss now. Let me set the table for you. There was a game between the Red Sox and the Orioles. Baltimore's center fielder, a gentleman by the name of Adam Jones, had a bag of peanuts thrown in his direction by fans while he was walking to the dugout at the end of a game, at the end of an inning. This bag actually hit a police officer who was standing nearby, and he quickly radioed security for backup, and several fans were removed. Now, after the game, Jones stated that in addition to this bag of peanuts being thrown at him, that he had been taunted several times throughout the game with racial slurs by fans. Red Sox president Sam Kennedy was asked about this, and he did confirm that 34 fans had been removed from the stadium during that game that evening, and 20 of those ejections were related to alcohol-related incidents. So it is unclear about how many of those that were ejected from the park took part in targeting Adam Jones. But after the Red Sox did some further review, many of those suspensions were upheld and one fan was uh, given a lifetime stadium ban. Now, once this information came out, Adam Jones was not happy with the punishment, the steps that the Red Sox took. And he released a statement saying, quote, it's pathetic. It's called a coward. What they need to do is that instead of kicking them out of the stadium, they need to find them 10 grand, 20 grand, 30 grand, something that really hurts somebody. Make them pay in full. And if they don't, take it out of their check, end quote. And Andrew also did an interview with the Players Tribune about that day, recalling it. And I'll make sure to include a link to that as well. It's enlightening to hear his experience dealing with racism during his professional baseball career and a little bit more about that day. Now, it certainly saddens me as a Red Sox fan to recount this story. It certainly was a low point for my fellow fans, and we have to lead the way in doing better. Overall, we had a situation where racist uh, terms were used against a player. We had a situation where something was thrown at this player that behavior is absolutely not acceptable. I'm glad to see that fans were removed, but again, Red Sox fans and MLB fans in general, we have to do better. Ladies and gentlemen, we've gone through two incidents involving fans behaving badly. I have two more for you coming up. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break for the seventh inning stretch. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back, folks. 
Let's continue our profiles into fans behaving badly. We decided to focus on a Red Sox-Yankees incident, and then we went to Fenway Park and focused on an incident involving the Red Sox at a game when they were playing the Baltimore Orioles. So we're going to continue on, and we're actually going to go even closer to present day. This uh, incident occurred in 2019, October 27th, 2019, at Nationals Park in Washington, D.C. What occurred? Well, some models were banned for life for flashing TV cameras. It was Game 5 of the 2019 World Series between the Astros and the Nationals. It was the seventh inning, and Garrett Cole was on the mound for Houston. As Cole wound up to deliver a pitch, two fans sitting behind the plate stood up and lifted their shirts, flashing Cole, the cameras, and surrounding fans. One fan also sitting further back decided to join these two female fans, but it was done off camera, so it wasn't visible to the public. Because this happened, security was immediately called and they escorted the two women out of the stadium and it was later stated that both received a lifetime ban. The game resumed shortly after the fans were removed and Cole ended up walking the batter who was Ryan Zimmerman. He might have still been a little distracted from the incident, but the Astros did hold on to win that game and they did take a 3-2 to two series lead. So let's go back and ask the question, Who were these two flashers? Why did they do it? We do have some clues. It turns out that both of the women involved were social media influencers, and they were working for a magazine called The Shag Mag, which bills itself as a millennial version of Playboy. So after the lifetime ban was issued, both ladies posted about the stunt on their social media accounts, of course. And they said it wasn't about personal marketing. They didn't do it in the, you know, just in the randomness of the moment, but they did it because they wanted to raise breast cancer awareness. They both went on to post that there was an unfair double standard that exists that men can take off their shirts at stadiums, but women can't. I do have a link to share for the video. We're not going to talk about it further here, but you can uh, see that uh, also in the links if you so choose. So another incident of fans being kicked out of the stadium due to inappropriate behavior in this case. And we're going to end today's episode with a more humorous, I guess you could say, situation where we had an individual banned from the park. You could call him a fan. You could call him a player. There's a little bit of a mix of both. But this incident happened at Dodger Stadium in July of this past year, 2022, at the All-Star Game festivities. We had TV star Brian Cranston ejected after a confrontation with an umpire. So uh, Major League Baseball has really had uh, celebrity All-Star Games and really tried to expand the events that happened during All-Star Weekend to make it you know, more engaging for people of all ages. And this season, there were a lot of celebrities that showed up to play in the Celebrity All-Star Game. Some names who participated included some MLB fan favorites like CeCe Sabathia, Hunter Pence was there, Dodger legend Sean Green was also there because the event was held at Dodger Stadium. You also had media stars take place. Uh, Recording artist Bad Bunny was there. Movie star J.K. Simmons participated. And... Another individual who is a huge baseball fan and legendary actor, Brian Cranston, participated. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Cranston, he's best known for playing the father in the TV show Malcolm in the Middle 
And he also played the legendary drug kingpin Walter White on the show Breaking Bad, one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, Cranston is known as a huge baseball fan, and he's also a big Dodgers fan. Well, this fan got the chance to play in a quasi game, I guess you could say, uh, in Dodger Stadium, and he took advantage of that. So Cranston was playing on one of these teams, uh, celebrity teams, and he was up the bat. It was the middle of the game. He took a pitch looking, and the umpire called it a strike. And Cranston turned to the official and didn't like the call, and a verbal exchange ensued. After about a minute, Cranston decided to scale up the incident by kicking dirt on the umpire's shoes. And as the exchange continued, Cranston decided to run out of the batter's box. He disappeared into the dugout, and he returned with a bucket of big league chew bubblegum, took the cover off, and hurled the contents at the umpire. And by that time, I guess the umpire had had enough, and he decided to officially eject Brian Cranston from the game. So this fan that got the chance to take the field didn't even make it through the whole game. There were some more choice phrases as Cranston was escorted from the field, such as, you're stealing the game from us. And his team ended up losing because of these actions, I think. They lost 15-13. to 13. Now, this event was just for fun. I just wanted to throw in at the end because we did have a fan get a chance to take the field. And then, you know, a little bit of a lighter side uh, example that we could give. Uh, Cranston had a tough day that day. Uh, he also was hit in the right shoulder by a line drive, which was hit by Grammy Award winner Anthony Ramos during batting practice before the game even started. So he even played with an injury. You've got to give him a little credit there. So Brian Cranston rounds out four examples of fans behaving badly, a little bit more modern day slant we decided to take today. But there are some things that happened in recent years that brings us to the question, what do you do about fans behaving badly? Because there really is no doubt that poor fan behavior is on the rise. It happens with more frequency than it did even 10 years ago. So we have kind of a bad mix here. We have a mix of alcohol always at the games, but then we also have this always filming society that brings every moment to us. We all have video recorders right in our pockets and we all are getting more and more used to being in front of a camera. And so I think we lose our, our inhibitions a little bit more and decide to do things like this, especially the more bold amongst us who want to um, have a moment of infamy. So the MLB has responded to most of these more recent incidents by issuing lifetime bans. But is that enough or is that even realistic to enforce? I mean, when you're attending a baseball game, ID is not required for entry, just a ticket. So if you're a fan, you decide to grow out your facial hair, maybe wear a hat, put on sunglasses, unless the attendants directly know what you look like, there's no chance that you're going to get caught. So what's the teeth behind something like a lifetime ban? Well, look, there's we have different states. We have different teams. They all have various varying policies. But typically, you know, a violator that faces a stadium ban, before they exit the stadium, they do have to sign paperwork before leaving the building, and they have to agree that they are not going to return to the premise. And in addition to that, if you were to buy a ticket in the future and go to the ballpark or try to attend while the ban's in place, you would be subject to arrest for criminal processing. So there is a little bit of um, consequence that could happen if you got caught. But what are the chances of getting caught? 
well, look, technology is growing in stadiums, the usage of technology in different ways, and that also includes enhanced security procedures. So some teams are looking to that option to help enforce these lifetime bans. There was a great article written by Michael Rosenberg in 2021 for Sports Illustrated that talks about how Madison Square Garden has started to use facial recognition technology for their NBA and NHL games. And they partnered with a company who makes a software called TrueFace. Now, TrueFace, how it works is through cameras installed uh, in admission lines, TrueFace can identify fans coming into the stadium using this camera recognition software. And all teams have to do is upload a list of banned fan face shots, headshots, and the software monitors the crowds entering the facilities. So we see this working. Madison Square Garden does have a list of uh, fans that have issued have been issued lifetime bans, and so those faces are uploaded. So if anybody does try to enter the stadium, this would uh, catch them for doing that. So if it works at Madison Square Garden, which they used it last year, and yes, they are piloting the software again this year, it would not be a stretch to think that all stadiums and sports venues could adopt a similar approach. But that brings up another question: privacy concerns. Think about it. Most fans who are attending games aren't banned. So are we seeing an example of overreach here on the side of the teams? Well, the CEO of TrueFace, who developed this technology and has partnered with Madison Square Garden, says, don't worry, it's okay. Uh, the CEO stated in an interview that, uh, quote, it's important here to note that let's say that I was not on a banned list and I was walking through admissions. I'm just a regular ticketed customer. The software would not be storing any information on me at all. TrueFace would never come to the table with a database of people that the stadium could. End quote. Personally, I've heard this before from larger companies than TrueFace. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook come to mind. It just feels to me like there has to be a better way. And I'm all for technology, honestly. So for what it's worth, what does Rounders recommend to deal with the increase in fans behaving badly? Technology is something on the table. I think it would have to be very, very transparent in terms of how they collect information. Uh, but just for sake of argument, why don't uh, stadiums move towards moving past lifetime bans and actually start instituting harsher punishments for some of this behavior? Put arrests, put harsher fines, and put possible sentencing on the table. The reason I think that harsher penalties would work and expanding beyond lifetime bans is we already have an example of how taking harsher steps can curb bad fan behavior. Let's look at streaking. Streaking was a once a big issue in sports. It happens way less now. If we stop and think about why, we look at the fact that there are much harsher penalties for individuals that engage in this behavior. So there, the fines for most sporting events, if you go streaking, are incredibly high. We're talking thousands of dollars that you would have to pay. And on top of that, because these are family events, some states have put into effect that streakers can end up on a sex offender registry for taking that action. So if you take a similar approach to other actions that place players in harm's way, I think that you would see some of the situations that we mentioned today decrease in frequency too, because there's actual liability that the person faces as opposed to kind of a ban that may or may not uh, keep them from the stadium in the future.
So that's our take on it, ladies and gentlemen. I would love to hear what you think might be the answer to curtailing some of these um, increases in poor fan behavior at our stadiums. Please feel free to reach out to me. You can email us at rounderspodcast at gmail.com. You can send us a comment on social media. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter at Rounders Podcast. You can leave me a voicemail, which I'm happy to play on the show. There is a link to that in the show notes. And together, I think as fans, we all agree that we love this sport. We want to find a way for people to have fun, but also to keep the other fans and the players safe at the same time. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me for another episode. And remember, as we always end the show with, there are only two seasons, winter and baseball. We'll see you next time.